0: Radio. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. 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 Woo wee! Coffee is your friend. <clears throat> Damn it, I should stop. Elise is healthier than alcohol. I think. I I hope. Coffee makes me dance like a white person, but no judgment. You see, I'm here with Daniel O'Mara. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. And today we are talking a lot of things, you know, it's just a range of topics, but my focus is primarily on tradition and uh, the photo on Twitter that nearly caused the stampede. Uh, <laughs> a man kneeling down to greet the Kabaka, Ronald Mutebi Mwenda. The Kabaka, um, the King of Buganda. I, I should address him with the, the due respect he is owed. It's just my accent doesn't allow it and I always feel like I'm saying his name wrong. So I try to isolate in the sentence by saying, Kalaka, just so I, I, I don't feel weird about it. So if Muganda, don't be offended. Bear with me. I'm actually on your side in this case. You understand. So that should make us friends. And my argument has been for all the non who are saying such traditions should be scrapped and all changed. Look, it's like going to the Catholic Church and telling them, you guys, stop standing up and sitting so often. Pick a position, this is not a gym. Because I won't lie to you, Catholic Church feels like exercise. As the best man at a wedding, and every few seconds or so, it's stand up, recite something, um, kneel down, recite something, sit down, recite something else, stand up again. And that is their tradition. I, I was pissed off that I wasn't given Holy Communion, but they collected offertory from me. So I don't know what my contribution was for. It made me mad. But I'm like, okay, this is them. This is how they do it. This is how they roll. At some point, you just have to let people, you know, live and do their life, right? I mean, the dude is a king. If someone's kneeling for him, then obviously there's a reason they're doing that, you know, traditionally speaking. If you don't plan on kneeling down for the kabaka, then don't be in his presence. Honestly, I think the best way is to avoid him altogether. A lot of people were saying, me, I would never kneel down for the kabaka. Well, OK, you have no cultural obligation to kneel down for him. But traditionally speaking, when you're in his presence, you're in his midst, because I, I don't think you'd appear in front of a guy like that by accident. It's like showing up in front of the Queen of England. If I showed up in front of the Queen of England and decided I am going to turn my back on her while walking away, because I think that's one of the cardinal rules. There's, there's a way you're supposed to cut see, right? There's a, there's, there's a p- protocol you follow as you deal with the Queen. And a lot of us are willing to do that. If we had the chance to meet the queen, we would would learn how to cope in that environment. This is what I find absurd. A, A lot of people, a lot of Ugandans, if they had the chance to meet the queen, they would adapt to the situation. They would learn. They would figure it out. They would find a way to not offend the queen. So how is that different from the Kabaka? Or are you guys just assuming that, you know, because it's a local, traditional system, you can afford to disrespect it? I'm not even a Muganda, but I see the beauty in all this. Me, I'm appearing in front of the camera. Like, if I did an event, I I hope to be as far away from him as possible because I don't know how to pull off the the push-ups thing. But if I was called maybe to the quarters to go greet the guy, I would have to follow the protocol. Or run the risk of pissing off a whole bunch of Muganda in your presence. That and the fact that even the bodyguard I've seen the bodyguards kneel for the katikiro. His own bodyguards, the military, guys in military fatigues. Uh Kabaka's bodyguards. Like people, it, it, it's like tradition around him. So if, if you're not going to follow the protocol, avoid the guy. Just avoid him. Because no tradition is perfect. This is theirs, and I would like to think kneeling should be the least of your worries. Because in ancient times, these these kings were on some crazy stuff. I heard about the, I don't know if it's the Ankole kingdom, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but how the king's spear never rested in the ground. It had to rest in one of the guards' feet. Like, someone's going to stab your foot because his spear needs a place to chill. I'm, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, there, there are traditions that need to be dropped. We can agree on that. But I, I really don't think kneeling is like the worst of them. I come from a culture. I have to tell this story. I, I come from a culture. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm Laon. I'm not Luo. But I'm also not like Karamojong. I'm kind of in... The Lao are like a hybrid. You know, um, well, what's the word? Not amalgamated, not absorbed. Okay, let's just say, stayed close to the Acholi for too long, adapted quite a bit of their language, and now they look really similar. But in actual sense, they're not. So the Lao are sort of like in between the Karamojong and the Acholi. Now, on the Karamojong side of things, Traditionally, um, if you like a girl, uh, <laughs> you, are, you agree to a race. This is me putting it like, you agree to a race. Uh, they give her a head start of like what, 50 meters and you're supposed to chase her down. Chase her, catch her, pin her to the ground and that's for you to prove that you are worthy of taking this woman. And that's still happening today <laughs> at a cultural level and they enjoy it. It's like an event. They, they go there and have a blast. It's, it's like beautiful. Look at it. It's like, ooh, today we have Lokech chasing down Sandra. I, I failed to find a female Karamo Jong name, but work with me. And this guy chases her down. Now, personally, I think the women make it easier for guys they like. Because, you know, if you had to choose between Roger Mugisha and Otafiri, and they were both Karamo Jong, <laughs> we know who you'd slow down for. If I were a chick, I, I would definitely I would not slow down for Otafiri. You get my point, right? There are traditions that we may consider a cake but it represents someone's culture and you you, this is an identity you can't mess with an identity i'm not a fan of circumcision but i would never go to the bagisu and tell them stop it this this is this is bad this is wrong no that's their thing it's their thing i can fight it i can try but at the end of the day it's like i said i have no cultural obligation or anything else to to be that guy to be in their box. We we had traditions that, you know, needed to die. Like Punishment Island. I don't know if you guys have heard of Punishment Island on Lake Munyoni, where they used to take the girls who got pregnant <laughs> out of wedlock. Yeah, so they take you there with a boat, they leave you on the island and just, you know, it's, it's in the middle of one of the deepest lakes in the world. And you're just going to die there, basically. Now, was it wrong? yes. Was it effective also? Yes. I may not agree with it because a lot of people are like, they only punished the women. Why? Uh, Well, this means ancient Bachiga understood the concept of my body, my choice, way, way before the rest of us got it. I mean, you're the one who allowed. So, yeah, you, you got smashed. It takes two to make a baby, but only one to carry it. So you're the only one with evidence of having had sex. This guy's dick is clean. So they're going to take the person who looks pregnant. That's you. I'm sorry. There was a reason why these traditions existed, messed up as they were. And I'm glad we've gotten rid of some of the worst ones, right? Um, sharing wives. Personally, I wish that one had come back. I wish that one had stayed. I think it's Western Uganda, where you you, you, you you can go smash someone's wife as long as you leave a spear outside to show people that you are piercing. Such symbolism. Don't you just love African tradition? Or things like the Kabaka having access to your wife back in the day. I don't know if it's still a thing, but I think this on this one, both the men and the women are willing. Though, I don't think the king should anymore because, brah, with all these UTIs and sexually transmitted diseases nowadays, the last thing you want to do is lose a king to, you know, gonorrhea. It's how... That's going to be a weird funeral. The, the obituaries are going to be the most awkward thing. You, you can't even tell people anymore. So, traditions that have been retracted in order for, for for the cultures to adjust to the modern day, there have been adaptations. And I think one of the things we are doing as a generation is we are so anxious to transition from our own cultures and traditions that we are trying to push out everything. whether Whether it's necessary or not, we just want to get rid of it because we want to change something in the world. Forgetting that... Half this stuff shouldn't even really be a big deal if it doesn't need you to be a part of it at all. So let's stop trying to look for things to change because we want change. Let's change the stuff that actually needs changing. Okay? Acholis are still crawling to their in-law's home to pick up a wife. Damn it, that may need changing. But people still do it to this day. I won't give a few more examples after the break. But let's cut briefly, enjoy some music. You know, some good stuff on the radio. It's what we do best, Rx, where music comes to grow. It's like a nursery school for good songs. I'm Daniel O'Mara. It's here, I'm Stay with me. I'll be back in a bit. Rx Radio. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. that they actually still require the husband and his entourage to crawl. Okay, to the house of the woman they've come to pick up. Like, yeah, crawl. Proper, proper crawl. As in, you know, this this is military underwire. I think I understand why people think northerners are soldiers. Everything we do is just so militant. It's like boot camp, but when you're well-dressed, you're supposed to crawl a certain distance to the house. You don't enter on your feet. You crawl in. And this is considered acceptable, right? It's like part of the courtship ritual, the traditional courtship ritual. You don't just go with things like that. I'm Daniel Omara. It's here, out. Welcome back to the show. And today we are talking tradition, among other things, of course. But we're discussing this whole thing of someone, a guy kneeling down for the kavaka, and how, oh, sorry, kavaka, And how it's driving people crazy on social media and how everyone is advocating against it. This is something I'm going to say, and it may seem controversial, but as the name of the show suggests, hear me out. Buganda Kingdom is one of the best established kingdoms in the world, I I think, in in my opinion. I'm not sucking up to the Buganda. Personally, they piss me off quite a bit. I, I find very many of them annoying, especially when you could have a conversation in English and they insist on speaking Luganda and you're like, I don't speak Luganda, and their first question is, why don't you speak Luganda? That is a dumb question. I also get it's their cultural pride. They annoy me, sometimes. But that doesn't take away from the fact of how organized they are, as a people, as a kingdom. Okay, let's talk about the kingdom, because downtown is different. The Uganda have their structure. This is a culture with a parliament, a political system of its own. They, get, they have their their ministers, they have their prime minister, they have their king. They have a hierarchy. It is a very well-organized structure. First, if you're listening in and you're from another tribe, first put your nugu aside and just appreciate it for what it is. These are facts. Before you get mad, let's just appreciate what it is. I'm sure if Kevin Omukungu is listening in, because this is the guy who posted the tweet, he's, he's probably standing on his dick right now. He's just so hard from all the joy of being a Muganda. Good for you, Kevin. They've set up something that actually grants them, you know, negotiating power and a certain way of of, of life in the country, right? Like they can actually challenge the political system. Sevo reinstated it so if it works against him, hey, he screwed himself over. Yeah, I'm just saying. So they have made things work for them. For me, the best part, one of the things that Uganda have done really well is the preservation of their tradition and culture. It is beautiful that a lot of us know more about the Baganda than we do about our own tribes. Yes, it has just hit some of you. It's the reality. And if you you can't understand what I'm saying, let me give you an example of how far-reaching the effects of Luganda are in our nation. As a teacher of English language, Luganda has infiltrated the English language in our country. We can recite the alphabet and I'll show you where the Luganda comes in. A B C D E F G H I J K. If you said L-O-M-U-N, it's not, it's L M N. Oh, for the Americans, L-M-N-O-P. But it's L-M-N, not L-O-M-U-N. If you're saying L-O-M-U-N, that is Luganda influence. A lot of you didn't see it that way as kids, but I got corrected many times by my parents. What is L-O-M-O-N? Like that, that is the remix of the actual phrase. We are so deep into Uganda culture, we don't even realize it. Uganda is the business language <laughs> of the country. Like, they have set themselves up to be successful, you know, to, to work. as a, They have their objectives. They have their functional structure, which I admire, by the way. And without starting a war, I would think it would be nice if a lot of other tribes were as proud of their own culture and traditions as the Baganda are. I think there's a leaf to be picked from these guys. Yes, a lot of people will say, yeah, but it will drive us into tribalism. We're already there. We've been there. It is a country with, what, 40-something tribes? We, we are bound to have conflict at a tribal level. But you also have to understand that we're guys who are colonized and given a system of governance that wasn't ours to begin with. But we have our traditional systems which we are trying to adhere to. Now, a lot of them have been eliminated. I will say, like in, in northern Uganda, for example, the are walks around, drinks a beer with his friends. They're not really bothered about it anymore as much as the Buganda are. But I wish we were as organized as the Uganda Kingdom. Maybe, you know, you would have more negotiating power with the government. Maybe people would stop calling us just soldiers and giving us as scary jobs and military positions. Like, there's a lot to come of it, especially in regards to the preservation of culture. That is the one thing I'm going to keep emphasizing the most. A lot of our languages, for those of you who don't know, by the way, are are going to suffer. They're already struggling. Already, we have northerners speaking Luganda in Lera district. Now, this would offend me as a Lao, but I'm thinking to myself, the weak thrive, Right if you fail to organize yourself, if you fail to get your stuff together, this is what happens. You die out. You get absorbed by another tradition and culture. I saw a statistic uh, on, on this website, in this language website, and it says in the early 2000s, there were as many as 7,000 natively spoken languages worldwide. 7,000 in the early 2000s. Native languages, are like just, you know, your, your thing, your language is there, alone. It is estimated that of these languages will be extinct by the year 2050. That is a very high likelihood. So the reason I'm advocating for the kind of pride that the Baganda have in their tribe is, so your culture doesn't die out. All the beautiful things we have to offer as a diversity of, of tribes, right? Of cultures, of ideas, of things. I don't think we need to lose out on any of them, simply because we have it in mind that someone's culture is better than ours. Why are we adapting everything unquestioningly that Western culture has to offer? That is my question. Before we jump into the excitement of, oh, I'm so woke, I'm so this, I am I am so modern, I am all that, um, have you thought to yourself how much of your culture you've left behind? Have you thought of the good things that are actually there? Simple teachings, the basics, like respect for elders, you know, respect for one another, community, family, unity, the whole idea of Ubuntu. That's something that we have that most other people don't. Um, in, in in Africa, we are the ones who still struggle to meet each other for public holidays, like families have to meet for this day, for this public holiday, you meet for Independence Day, you meet for Christmas, you meet for Easter, or if you're Muslim, you, you know, you meet for the fasting, you meet for Eid, the two of them. And I don't know the trip to Mecca. I, I I don't know your public holidays, Muslims. Don't get mad. So all all these things we do. I have friends in Western countries where you know you, you mind your own business, you live your own life, you go, you see your family when you want to or when you need something. I I'm not judging. That's their formula. But we can't adopt everything that they do and think that we are going to maintain who we are. And it's part of the reason we're having a crisis as. Africans, as Ugandans, our lack of identity. We're struggling with it. You're raised in a tradition that you're having trouble accepting because they've packaged someone else's beliefs and culture as better than yours. Yours are even dark. Your herbalists are called witch doctors and they are evil. (laughs) Mama Fina, you know, all, all of that stuff. So my message, my appeal is get closer to your culture. Understanding it will help you because a lot of us don't have an understanding of our cultures and our traditions. That's why we get mad at things because they don't align with our Western perspective of our own culture. We're looking at our own traditions from a Western lens. We understand Western culture better than we understand our own. And the saddest part of all this is we just think we understand Western culture equally as well. The truth is you will get there and realize you actually know nothing. You still don't get it. And now you don't get them and you also don't get your own people. Don't be stuck in that bubble in between. Keep it Rx, ladies and gentlemen. It's hear Me Out, Daniel O'Mara. Be back in a bit. Enjoy some music. Relax. Grab a beer. Cure that hangover. But stay tuned. Hear me out. Hear me out. Ah! <laughs> Rx Radio. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. ah the beautiful day lovely saturday you know perfect weather for coffee and ice cream in the same cup one hot one cold you know you get that lukewarm mix where you know they they merge and they form a fine paste between each other half ice cream half coffee so it's kind of cold but you're also awake at the same time it's just man it's beautiful produce have you ever tried it Wait, the, the mic has been on this whole time. Hi, uh, welcome back to hear me. God damn it, producer. Welcome back to hear me out with Daniel Omar. It's RX Radio. And I'm, I'm sorry, I was, I was just on my random tangent. i producer, you snitch. But yeah, today we're talking culture and, uh, you know, tradition. And how we need to chill when it comes to our tradition. Someone DM'd me and asked about female circumcision. Ah, Okay, yes. Let me say this. That one, um, no. Regardless of how traditional we are, I think it's one of the things we're actually fighting actively, FGM. So, no, I don't think anyone is in agreement with it, especially because that one is purely for selfish reasons. You can't cut someone's clit off because you're scared or they may have a sexual drive and find other people sexually attractive and smash them. That That is purely selfish. It is evil and it was invented by some random chap just to subjugate women and there no no that that mm -mm, i don't think it should be allowed traditionally i'm equally against male circumcision but well you know it's not as bad to be honest it's uh it's it's just the tip okay not just the tip it's like a piece of skin my problem with circumcision would be correlating it to the idea of manhood that is where i would have an issue with it if uh look, if, if, if they're telling you go get circumcised because it's tradition but you still have to work hard to be a man cool, I'm okay with that but don't tell me circumcision is what defines you as a man two completely different things for me in that case so yeah a lot of you were arguing this thing from the perspective of shia, who does the Kabaka think he is for me to kneel down for him Kabaka well, the man is a celebrity at a different level he's a traditional celebrity whom we all know about. I don't think any of you actually doesn't know the guy. The reason we're having this whole argument is because you admit how popular he is. Just by attaching himself to a cause like Fistula and making the Kabaka run about it, they, they gathered, I do not know how much money from people to actually treat something that has been plaguing mothers for a while. Like, he is a brand. And as a brand, people look up to him, people admire him. You could say he hasn't earned it, he was born into it. Yeah, but you know, some people are just lucky with the life lottery. They they drew the right cards in heaven and ended up royal. But you also have to understand that a position like that, whether bestowed upon you, actually especially if bestowed upon you, comes with a lot of hard work. It does. they are are king jobs you have to be a diplomat you have to be a negotiator you have to be a politician you have to do lots of things you have to know when to speak and when to be quiet and I think this guy has done that fairly well so if you're asking who he is to deserve for you to kneel for him think about how you feel about Justin Bieber and the things you do for Justin Bieber oh yeah a lot of you would get on your knees and not just to shake his hand so relax okay Everyone has that idol they look up to for the Baganda, it just happens to be their king. Let them enjoy themselves. We each have our own. Some of you are there mad at it, yet you know, there's some random guy or some chick with no job, just there chilling. You don't even know why you like them but you worship them. So guys, this this is this is a perfectly normal thing. Whether tradition or not, it's just feelings. <laughs> you don't attack something that defines someone's identity. And that's what you're doing when you go after tradition. The people may not be right. Let's be fair about that. They may not be right. But it's how they feel. And at the end of the day, that's where they stand with their tradition. And if you're coming in to challenge it, you had either better be one of them or, you know, have some very strong points to argue against it, which most of us actually don't. I know I don't. I know, especially as a guy from the north, we once exiled their king, so we 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 really don't want to bring up anything to do with kings again. It it just opens fresh wounds, pisses people off, and you know all this talk about federal will begin again, and they're like, "Northerners, go back to your land." So yeah, and we don't want to leave Kampala. This is where the good jobs are. So please, let's let's not start this argument and and make it a whole issue. But the point I'm trying to make is, the position of power comes with work, so you have to respect people in their positions of power, and especially if they're delivering and doing their thing, then you have to respect people's beliefs. You you have to. It's a thing. Just We should just learn to tolerate each other. Not when we are doing evil, because in this case, a guy okay, kneeling for the king wasn't even anything evil. It's like the time um, Jennifer Musisi knelt for the Katikino and uh, Winnie Bianima nearly lost her mind on Twitter. <laughs> now, I love Winnie Bianima. I feel like she's one of those very strong women, but that time I was like, hey, yeah, Mama answered, "You're a bit out of line here." She was saying, "This it's a cake. We need to get rid of it. We need to stop these things." Well, yeah. If, if 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 you're not that person, don't do it. No, just just don't. It's like if you're not a hopeless romantic, then just don't do it. I saw a tweet someone posted, and uh, this dude it, it it was a it was a four-part story, right? first one is uh, him with this girl in a helicopter pointing out the window. Then the next one is a photo of Will You Marry Me? She had one of those weird Nigerian names written somewhere on on, on a big piece of land or something. I think he trimmed the grass or something to spell it out. I, I don't know. But he wrote it somewhere and it was so big you had to look at it from above to read the whole sentence. And he did his thing. Then the third picture is her crying and the fourth is him kneeling down and proposing next to the helicopter after they've landed. Now, if you're not that type of guy, first of all, romance is expensive. Uh, You you all have to understand. I mean, renting a helicopter, it shouldn't be too big a deal. That's like 500k for about 15 minutes in the air. I checked. But who are you doing it for? Do you feel they're worth it? And some people are just not romantic. You get some people are just not. And if you're going to gauge the success of a relationship by how romantic someone is to you, well. Uh, let's just say this. Some of you have been bought all the gifts in the world, but it can't make you happy because you know it's compensation for all the things going wrong in your relationship. That's all I would say. But because you're inclined to romance, you're like, oh, he's so romantic. When he does romantic things, I freeze. Ah, he cheats on me with my sister, but then he lines up rose petals from the door up to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh my God, he loves me so much. No, it's just rose petals. You know, He plucked a flower and removed a few of them and lined them up and closed the window so wind couldn't blow them away. I would glue them to the floor just to make sure they don't move until you get there. Then put candles in the bathroom, you know, play some nice music. I would probably go for Alexander O'Neill, some old school, run you some bath water, a warm one so that you can shower. Because I like my meat clean when I'm eating it. You get. And that is romance. Now, if you are not a romantic person, I don't think you should be complaining about someone who rented a helicopter to propose to his girlfriend if they could afford it. That's them. That's their thing. That's what they want to do. The best we can do is pray it doesn't end in tears, which I know is what a lot of you are wishing. You're like, oh, he can do that and still cheat on you. Oh, she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, look, stop hating. Get mobile money. Live your lives. If this is out of your means or not one of your desires or one of the things you like to do, then simply just don't do it. But don't hate on people who actually are doing it. Let them do their thing. And if it's not hurting anybody be it tradition, be it romance be it whatever, let people be and for all those of you who are hopeless romantics this is I have just felt the need to throw this in some advice because I know a lot of people are heartbroken by romance <laughs> yeah, I promised myself I wouldn't touch on relationships this week but I just have to put this out there because I really really care for you guys, the, the, the ladies especially I care for you romance should not be the benchmark of a good relationship it shouldn't It's one of the traits you could could like in a person. You know, you could be a romantic couple because you know you're you're both romantics, right? But at the same time, you're decent human beings. You listen to each other, you respect and value each other, not just when things are wrong, but you actually do have a stable relationship in which you're both happy and doing your best to keep each other happy, not just making up for it with romantic gestures every time you screw up. Don't be that person. Romance should not be the benchmark of a relationship. It's a bonus. It's something you do for the person you love. You go the extra mile to do something extra special. Not as an apology, but as an action of commitment and your love for someone. So the next time you're dating someone who's buying you gifts, first check why. It's very important because a lot of you fall in this romance trap and fail to get out. But you'll thank me later for this advice. It's Teacher Omara. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And on that note, I'd like to close off this show. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, if you're feeling the advice I'm giving, please hit me up on my socials. Twitter, Omara D, uh, the lol model, of course. Uh, Instagram, same thing. No, actually, Instagram is Omara Daniel Lol, the, 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 the lol model. And then on Facebook, it's Omara D, then Omara Daniel Pikuyuli. So hit me up, give me your opinion. Is, is my advice helping or is it just breaking your heart? Um, is there a Uganda woman out there who feels good about me now that I've supported your tribe? <laughs> wasn't my intention, but it would be a very nice bonus, yes. Come at me, girl. Yeah, thank you all for tuning in. It's always a pleasure every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Omara, hear me out, Rx Radio. Be with you all next Saturday.